Welcome to the Get Real Podcast, your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. I'm Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant. And um, it's another one of the very popular lightning round episodes today. Heather, are you loaded up with a bunch of of questions? This is really fun for me. It feels like Um, our live events when you used to just take those questions. and At the end? I know. You know what the most fun I ever had? I think I've talked about this maybe on the show, but I, I, I spoke at OREA, which is the Ohio Real Estate Investor Association thing. And yeah, there was like, I don't know, several hundred people in the room. And we did a live Q&A after my, after my speech and whatever you call it. Yeah, speech. And it was fun, man. People came up to the uh, microphones, you know, like a public forum. <laughs> I kind of felt like a politician, except for I didn't lie to them. <laughs> Bam. Okay. Um, you should probably ask me something else for All right, let's start. The damn government again. All oh, these people go ahead. I surveyed my clients that I know, um, are active listeners to the podcast. Cause I knew they, Aww, were- and we love them. No, we love we love the active listeners who actually send us feedback and um, questions and want to want to learn. And so just a shout out to them, but also an invitation to the rest of you, just in case you don't think we actually listen to you. We do. Um, we really do. We really I take do note. Listen. Yep, we keep yeah. a Google Doc with all this. So, well, I love before we get into the first question, Heather, how could like all these other people are like? Well, wait, 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 wait. How do we get? How do we like submit our our question? Oh, yeah. Um, can't can't they just shoot me an email at like invest at rpcinvest.com? Can't they just yeah. shoot me an email? Yeah, let's yeah. just do that. Let's yep. just, so now you guys have it. We'll put it in the show notes too. Like, just shoot me an email, invest at rpcinvest.com, and yeah, we'll right. answer. You can also comment on anything. And we, we actually monitor those, believe it or not. So yeah, that's, that's how you reach us. Okay. This is only fun if people listen and it helps people. This is otherwise we'd just be chatting about stuff. So. Well, and in all honesty, we have fun, even if you don't listen. So, I mean, we prefer that you listen because then this actually does something for someone else other than us, but this is a lot of fun us just yeah. sitting here talking to ourselves. Yeah. When Ron asked me to do this, I was like, Oh, I don't know, man, that's not really my jam. But I think the second, second recording, I was like, yeah, this oh, is, this is cool. my jam. <laughs> I enjoy it. Okay. So first I loved this question and it is people think I'm crazy for buying properties out of state. What do I say to them when they tell me I'm crazy? You say, yes, I am crazy. <laughs> Be scared. Be very scared of me. Not do what I do. It's horrible. Um, yeah, there's not enough for everybody to go around. So <laughs> you should you should be scared for sure. Yeah. Uh, of what I'm doing. Yeah, that's pretty normal. Yep. That's pretty normal. I recently, Heather and I were um, were talking to one of our clients, the Ostroms, and they we were doing it. Actually, they were they were recording a testimonial for us. And one of the things that they said, I think, answers this question perfectly. Don't you, Heather? Yeah. It does. I mean, they said everybody thought they were nuts, which is pretty, again, that's pretty typical, but they, but they have an attorney and they were working with their attorney and their attorney said there was the only person in their lives that told them that he thought this was a good idea. Yep. Why you ask? This is the other thing. Cause they said, he said, quote, because this really isn't that sexy, which I thought was, I mean, that's a, that's a fair response, right? 
Yeah. Because it isn't that sexy. Yep. But it's just good old fashioned wealth building. 101. And so I don't know. What do you say? You say, hey, there's this cool podcast called getrealestatesuccess.com. You can go there and you can subscribe too. And maybe you can be my kind of crazy. I don't well, know. I Use think- it as a pickup line. Are you single? Use it as a pickup line. <laughs> I think a lot of people that say these things have never done it. They all know someone, right? Like my cousin's uncle's friend bought property out of state. And it was horrible. It was was the worst experience ever. The tenant destroyed it and the property manager sucked and all of this. Um, Is there risk in owning out of state? Definitely. Is there risk in owning down the street? (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Is there risk in owning your own property? Definitely. If you're risk averse, just rent something and don't invest your money and stick it in your bed. Yeah. You know? So just inflate your sheet with it. Yep. I think what I, what I tell clients all the time when I first meet with them is I say, look, we work to mitigate the risk on every level we can. What's possible for us to mitigate, we work really hard to mitigate because there's ways to do that with good property management and making sure that you have a property in a good location with a good economy and all, so many things, right? But yes, are there horror stories out there? Hundreds, mm-hmm. thousands. I own, I own some. <laughs> I own some of those stories. Yeah. You can just tell them, yes, it is crazy. And that's exactly why you should be doing it too. Yeah. That's great. I like that one. Okay. Um, next question, single family versus multifamily. What do I need to know? Yes. How's that for a lightning round answer? <laughs> You're killing me, Ron. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm saying I'm saving up my time for other questions. Um, <laughs> well, I own all of the above. And so, okay. So pros and cons. Pros to um, single family. Uh, pros to single family is that they uh, they appreciate usually quicker than like duplexes and fourplexes do because duplexes and fourplexes people just sit on they don't really sell them so there's not as many sales going on yeah. and but the con to a single family home is that if you own a single family home and the tenant moves out then you are 100 vacant right zero yeah. percent occupied so the more doors you have the less one vacancy hurts you. And you can, one of the, one of the pros to multifamily is that you can buy two doors or four doors talking about smaller multifamily with one loan. Yep. And if you have, you know, one substantial of amount of assets, then you, you don't want to be buying, you know, 50. Well, that's not true. Cause I did buy 56 single family homes. <laughs> I bought them in a package on a, on a, on one loan. Yes. On a commercial deal. loan. Yeah. Different deal. But you don't, the idea is you don't want to use up you know, 10 Fannie Mae loan positions on single family homes if you need to buy 50 units, right? You, that's, that's the wrong strategy. Um, but there's nothing wrong with either one of them. Cool thing about multifamily that I like, real multifamily, which is commercial apartment building multifamily, the pro there is that you can actually affect change in the value of the property by changing the financials. And that's a big deal. Yeah, That's a really, really big deal. Because with single family properties and even duplex and fourplex, they are they are appraised based on comparable sales. Comparable sales. So you're just kind of hosed based on what other people are saying your property is worth. Mm-hmm. Where in the multifamily space, the cap rates dictate what the price is based on your financials. So if you can if you can increase your net operating income, then you've increased the value of your property. If the cap rate is is the exact same, 
right? So if the cap rate's 7% and I, you know, I, I just realized maybe people don't know what a cap rate is. Yeah, that's all right. I'll, I can summarize that. Like the more, the better performing the property is, the more money it makes, the more it's worth, which is not the same. I can raise my rent on my single family and have it make me more money, but it's still worth what other single families are worth in that area. With apartments, they're valued very differently. So yeah, they're, it's because it's a business. Yep. So there's a multiple on your business, you know? So if you're a business owner out there and you can do three times, you know, your earnings, right? Well, if your if your earnings go up and it's still three times your earnings, then your business is worth more money. It's, it's yeah. the same principle, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. I like that. And it's super, it's awesome because you can be creative and stuff to eliminate expenses and things like that to improve yes. the value of your property, which is pretty cool. All right. It is pretty cool. And let me give you an example really quick. Yeah, go. I, I don't think people really understand how powerful that is. But let's say you, let's say you own a hundred, a hundred doors and you, instead of cutting expenses, let's say we raise, well, no, let's leave the rents the same. And we cut expenses at like just, I don't know, 50 bucks a door. Yeah. Like maybe you get a better property management rate or something. Yeah. Or you do a bunch of different things and you, you reduce expenses by 50, 50 bucks a door. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's $60,000 a year. And at a 7% cap rate, that's worth $857,000. Yeah. So a really small change per door can make your property worth a significant amount more money. Yeah. And you can sometimes do that stuff very quickly with a property that's in good shape that has kind of sucky financials. So anyway. Seeing potential like that's cool. Okay. Vacation rentals versus long-term rentals. Why do we not do vacation rentals in our business, Ron? Well, right now is a perfect time to illustrate why we don't do vacation rentals. Because if anything goes wrong, vacation rentals suffer. That's just the way it works. I wish it weren't because there's some cool places to own properties. But the reality of the situation is, is that every time we have a downturn, people can't vacation as much as they did. Businesses don't go to the, you know, places to have their conventions because they're struggling and, and those places really struggle. As a matter of fact, right now, within the next probably 12 months, if things don't get better dramatically, then I'm, I'm right now looking for properties on the beach which would be vacation rentals to, for me to go live in because I think I'm going to be able to get a good deal there specifically because people are losing money right now on those properties. Yeah. And you, that's what always happens with them ultimately. So for a short time, can you do really incredibly well on some vacation rentals? Absolutely. Can you on Airbnbs? Absolutely. Can you currently on Airbnbs? Yes, you can, but you got to be really creative. You got to know what you're doing. So if you don't, well, then Find you're one of the, one of the many who's hurting right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What do I need to know about evictions? How to prevent evictions? What happens if I have an eviction? Teach us, Ron. What happens if you have somebody in your property that has an eviction? Because if you have an eviction, that's a whole different (laughs) Sorry. My property that I own, the tenant stops paying and the landlord says, well, do you want to move forward with an eviction? How do you Um, know what to do? Well, I'll tell you what what I do. And, you know, other people have other ways that they look at things. I... As soon as I can file for eviction, I file for eviction. Now, sometimes my property management companies will say, yeah, but if they pay, you're just going to be out your money. Mm. And I say, yeah, I know, but they need to know that I am serious. So just file, right? Because I, I do want them to pay. As a matter of fact, I want them to stay, but I also want them to know I'm not playing. Yeah. Now, Sometimes what happens is the property management company, they'll be like, they'll, they'll tell a, a client that, and then the client will go, okay, cool. 
and then they have a promise to pay and then the promise to pay doesn't come through, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I, if I have somebody who's notoriously late and I know they're going to pay by the 15th, well, then I'm going to, then I'm going to file after the 15th, after I know when they normally pay my rent, right? I'm not going to every single month file for eviction, yeah. waste my money when I know they're going to pay the rent on the 15th instead of the 5th or the 1st yeah. or whenever it's due, right? But just know that every day you wait is another day. Mm-hmm. It's just another day because sometimes they'll do a promise to pay. You get to the end of the month and you finally get the promise to pay. Well, then their next month's rent is due. They're they're behind a whole month, even though they paid you for last month. They're already going into next month. They've just spent all the money they have. And all you're doing is prolonging the inevitable here because yeah. they're going to continue to drag this out. And that's just not a good place to be. It's just not because they're, they're having people actually get caught up after you get that far behind is almost impossible yeah. unless they know that there's something like they have to go ask mom for some money or dad for some money. Right. And that usually only happens when the eviction's filed, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause then they know, Oh, Oh, this guy's serious. Like I need to go get some money. Right. So, so I file as soon as I can, and I and I post notice as soon as I as soon as I can, as soon as the state law require, uh, will allow. Okay. I mean, right now there's some um, states that aren't allowing you to evict. Yeah, no, that's want. normal, right? Right now I'm being a, a way more lenient than I would normally be, and I'm being I'm trying to be way more helpful than I would normally be. Yeah. Right, because right now people have gotten thrown into a situation that they that that, that is not of their own making. Yeah, they should have had more money saved up, but most people don't and they weren't expecting to get shut down by their government yeah. right so because of that and because there's ways that we can help them then we're being way more patient with them right now way more patient with them right now because i really don't want good people to have to move out yeah that makes sense that makes sense okay how do i handle bookkeeping of my own rentals right so if you have a small portfolio of rentals and you're not really sure how to track the income and expenses how should they handle that wrong for a small, small portfolio. Yeah. Let's do a small portfolio. Yeah. Cause I was going to say you send them to your bookkeeper because that's what I, that, <laughs> that's what I do. But if you don't have a bookkeeper and you are not, you don't understand QuickBooks. Um, so I'll give you a few answers. The best way to do it is to have some kind of a software where you put all of the stuff in there and it tracks it for you. And you, and you know, if you've got two or three or four or five houses, they have them, you know, all separated in there and, and everything works great. And QuickBooks is not so challenging that you couldn't do that if you wanted to. But if you don't know the first thing about it and you don't want to watch all the tutorials and you don't want to learn how to do it, then a simple spreadsheet will work fine. Mm-hmm. And man, if you don't know how to put together a simple spreadsheet, you can probably get one. Uh, yeah. You could go to you could go to Fiverr and have somebody make one for you, um, Fiverr.com, and have somebody make one for you really inexpensive. But a simple spreadsheet with a tab for each month will work fine, where you can enter your 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 uh, income, you can line item out your expenses if you want to, and then you know, you're going to get some of that information from the property management company, but then you're also going to have your mortgage payment to put in there and things like that. You can list all that stuff out and calculate your net, and you can do that for every month. Yeah. Right? That's not going to calculate your amortization schedule for you and all that really cool stuff like that. But it would it would at least keep your your books relatively yeah. easy, so you could give them to your account at the end of the year, and they could look at your state at your statement and put in your your interest versus your principal because they go in different places in your in your financials, right? So yeah, no good, good answers. I, I'll add a couple that my clients have used. I have a client that uses Mint.com. I thought about Mint. I just didn't know how robust yeah. it was, but yeah. Well, 
he's, he syncs up a property with a different bank account and puts it in Mint. Mm. So Mint tracks everything and gives him charts and all sorts of stuff. Um, cool. That's worked really well for him. And then I have a spreadsheet I've shared with clients that I made that's pretty basic. So Oh, man, you're going to get, should we give out Heather's email? <laughs> <laughs> so getting flooded with emails. I need that spreadsheet that you made. Um, I'm selling it for Heather. I have a referral link for everybody. It's not, it's not super robust, but the other thing is we are working on building a portal that will track all of that for our clients too. So there may be yes. some, some options yes. like that out there for other people. Too. Why did I not say that Heather? Well, cause it's not, that's, it's not done yet. People that's why and it's not quite finished. Yeah. But it's almost done and it is going to be really cool. Close. So close. Hopefully uh, two more weeks. Right. I think that's where we're at. So yep. we're on that sprint right now in our software. So that's right. um, awesome. our software is really cool. We should do an episode on our software. It's really we cool. Should. That's true. Good idea. The heck are we thinking? Are we thinking? So yeah, those are some other ideas. And then I would say the probably the lazy man's way is to set up a bank account for your rental properties. Um, even if you own just like under five, you can put them all going into one bank account. And for the most part, it's pretty easy to track. You just have your income coming in and your automatic draft of your mortgage payment going out. And what's left is your cash flow, and you know maybe some maintenance. So yeah, and then you guys are want to want to track anything that's not actual maintenance, right? Anything that's a capital expenditure because you can mm-hmm. expense that. Yeah, that's true. Right. So like if you're if you're making major capital expenditures on your properties, you need to track them separately. Mm. Like what would classify as a capital expenditure, Ron? Anything anything that's large, right? So if you if an HVAC goes out, you know, you put in five thousand dollars in an HVAC system you should definitely tell your accountant about that stuff. I would tell him about anything new that you do to the property, anything new, and just see if it qualifies because you can write, right now you can write off 100% of anything you do um, during the year, which, you know, could be really cool because that could, if it didn't already take all of your cash flow, then it could at least offset yeah. some of your income, right? Okay. Should I look at well, the strategy of paying off my mortgage versus like, ta- sorry, taking extra cash, either your cash flow or extra cash you have from your like job or whatever to pay off a loan from a property? Or is it better to purchase more properties with that money? Well, that is a very loaded question and it is very personal. So I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to answer that specific question for you in particular. There's pros and cons to both of those. So people who want their properties paid off free and clear, they're usually in a different spot than, than people who are trying to grow and, and build, right? They're, they're in a, they're in a place where they can't afford to lose anything and they just don't, they don't want payments anymore. They just want cash flow coming in and they have enough money that they can, they can buy things for cash and that's just what they want to do. Um, there's another subset of folks out there and there's nothing wrong with this. But they just don't want debt period, end of story, not going to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's no amount of any kind of conversation that's going to change those folks' mind yeah. and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. In both of those instances, then you should pay cash. Anybody who's looking to grow their portfolio and have their portfolio birth more properties should look at leverage, not over leverage, but leverage, right? Because you're able to um, use other people, lots of other people's money and very small amount of your own money to grow your wealth in a way that is very, very attractive. But it's not for everybody. Like I said, 
right? So if you're, if you're, if you're risk averse, debt averse, and there's no way of getting around it, then it doesn't really make any difference what I say about it. Yeah. I mean, but pay, you know, paying off your properties is not a bad thing. I mean, especially if you're, you know, towards the, the end of your working years and you just want to chill and you, you don't want to have to make payments. You don't want to work for banks. You just don't want any of that stuff. And you've, and you've got some resources, you know, um, then yeah. why not? So the way I typically answer the question that's similar to this is I say that like on paper, always better return on your investment to purchase more properties. However, you being able to sleep at night and your stress level is worth money. So if, if that's worth it to you, then you should pay off your loans and, or, or maybe look at paying off some of your loans. So you have less debt. Maybe you don't want to totally pay off everything and be free and clear, but just to have some of them paid off. So you have that level of comfort. So, yeah. And there's also, you know, a lot of people who will say, you know, you should put these things. We, we had a whole segment on you know, 20 year mortgages versus 30 year mortgages or 15 year mortgages versus 30 year mortgages. Well, it depends on your, depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Because right now, if you don't need the cash flow and you're, you know, you have plenty of income coming in, it doesn't really make any difference. Yeah. Then why not let the properties pay themselves off? Yeah. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but that's a, we've just talked about probably five different people <laughs> and you know, each person is unique. This is not one size fits all. So you really have to, that's not a question we can really answer without understanding quite a bit more about what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. But there's a lot of information for you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Next question. How to thrive during a recession? Because we could be heading into a recession. No one really knows for sure. So what are some things that you can do to prepare yourself so that you can do well in your real estate investments in a recession? Yeah. And if they keep printing money and handing it out like candy, then we're also probably going to have inflation. Yeah. In which case you need to have your money in assets, in hard assets that, that, do well during inflationary times and recessionary times. Yeah. And there aren't very many of those, but there, there are some. And um, that's, where, that's where I would put my money. Obviously, I'm a big fan of real estate, so I'll just, and I really can't talk to, to gold or silver. I'm, I'm not, or precious metals, I'm not an expert on those at all. But I know people do buy those. I'd sure look at the freaking graph before I did that. But, you know, if you can get it at a lower price, then there's nothing wrong with that. Um, they yeah. tend to do really well during those times. But rents usually track with inflation. So if we're moving into an inflationary time, which I can't imagine that we're not since they're, they're literally printing trillions of dollars and just throwing it at people right now. Yeah. Rent's a great, that's a great place to be. It really is. And even if real estate, again, we've done how many episodes on doesn't make any yeah. difference if real estate goes down so long as you have a rental property yeah. that's cash flowing really well because rents will track with inflation, right? Yeah. And if we're in a recession, like last time, people still have to have a place to live. So, you know, don't, again, don't buy the most expensive property if you're going to invest in real estate. That's a bad plan because those people will be really hard to find. You know, you got to buy what people can afford. But man, having multiple streams of income coming in during a recession, especially if you're in a, in a um, job market that's highly competitive and is volatile. Yeah. If you're in that kind of environment, you really need to have more income streams coming in. Yeah, I agree. I think the diversifying your portfolio, like you said, into properties, but also properties that different price points of rents and things like that is a good way to protect yourself. Whoever would have thought, I mean, a pandemic like this and how it's affected our economy and who has been affected is just unbelievable. Totally, yeah. Unprecedented. It <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, this is the craziest thing ever. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Do we have time for more questions? How are we yeah. doing? Okay. So, how um, can I gather funds to make my first purchase? So, someone who's going, well, I need thirty thousand dollars to buy a single-family home. How? What's a What's a good way to be able to get funds to help you move forward? Well, it really depends. So, you need three things to buy property. You need knowledge, right? You need money, and you need time. And you have to be able to. You either have to have all three or you have to be able to leverage one or more of those, right? So if you have no time, you have no knowledge and you have no money, then you have no business investing in real estate. Sorry to say it, but yep. that's the, the way it is. But if you have time, no money, and you can apply some knowledge or you gain some knowledge, well, then you can go get money because you can find the deals because you have the time to go out and find the deals. Yeah. Because where there are good deals, there is always money always money. Plus there are really creative ways to put together real estate deals. I think I've talked about my first real estate deal and I put that together with like maybe 150 bucks, maybe 150 bucks. But I leveraged my brother's expertise. I think his money too, because I'm pretty sure I didn't have any. I'll have to ask him if... (laughs) But I'm pretty sure I used his money. Did I use your money? I don't I remember. I used your money and your expertise. I had time though. And I had, I had knowledge. I had expertise because I had been trained about how to do this. And I had time to go find the deal. And I had time to negotiate the deal. Good yeah. news is I already knew how to negotiate because I had already been in sales before. Right? Yeah. So I took what I had and I added a bunch of other things. So that's what you got to do. You got to figure out where am I? Am I the got plenty of time person and I just need to add some knowledge so that I can go out there and make this happen and then find the money? Yeah. Or am I the person who uh, is going to try to do something creative, like go find a lease option where I don't have to put a whole bunch of money down, but I can take advantage of one of the myriad of, of millions of loans out there at like, you know, between three and 4% interest rates. Yeah. You know, is that where, is that where I'm living? So do I, do I need to go do lease options? And if you do, then just email me at info at rpcinvest.com. And I will give you a resource from a guy I trust to learn how to do that. His name's Joe McCall. Maybe I should just have him on the show. I'll just have him on the show. It's a good idea. We'll just have him on the show. No problem. Yeah. So, I mean, you can still email me, but you know, I'll just have him on the show, but he's a really good guy. So you can do things that are creative or you can be creative and then use other people's money. That's what you do. But again, if you have no time, no money and no knowledge, please, for the love of all that's holy, do not go do real estate because you don't know what you're doing. And if you're doing it with grandma's money down the street, because you're practicing now and try to figure out what you're doing, that's just not good because you're going to lose grandma's money, piss off the family, right? And then you're still not going to have anything. You're going to lose money. Yeah, I Don't do that. Don't do that. I think sometimes people have money and they don't realize it. When I talk to people, they think they don't have the money because they don't have liquid cash too. So, you know- looking at other pockets of money, like equity and things like that. So that's true. Yep. Okay. Next question. How do I, this is kind of, this is our last question, actually. How do I start to create my life vision? So you've talked a, quite a bit about how to create a life vision. And for those of you that haven't heard that, I believe there's a, a podcast episode for sure, but there are two podcast episodes, two podcast episodes, look but for the how... ones with Sean McCloskey, look Sean for the ones with Sean McCloskey and they're really good. You should go back and listen to those. So yeah, the question is how do I start? Yes. I would find some quiet time and I would go to a place that is not my normal spot. Right. So if I normally Why? go, if I'm normally in my house or if I'm normally in my office, I would go somewhere else for the same reason we would do that for our quarterly meetings, Heather, mm-hmm. we would go 
somewhere else. We would leave the office okay. because it gets us out of our normal routine, wakes up our, our creativity and helps us not be around our phones and not be around our people that are going to interrupt us and our dog that, you know, like my dog, if your dog's like my dog, good <laughs> Lord, the thing whines all the time. And uh, so, so much love there. don't so much love for that dog. <laughs> I am going to, I'll cry when the dog dies, but man, the dog drives me nuts. <laughs> so you want to get away from all of that. Sit down either with a computer that doesn't have anything turned on, no notifications. I mean, cause that's dangerous or a notepad, hmm. which is preferable actually. And just start, just start writing. Just start doing what, I mean, take, take notes from the episodes with Sean and you know, that, that's what I would do. And then the specifics for it are outlined in that episode, those two episodes. So I don't really want to, I don't want to go back over those, but th that's what I would do. That is this, the beginnings of it. And I would do it. I would just make a date. It's funny. I was just telling my son that last night. Like if you, if you want something to happen, you have to put a date on it mm. where it's going to happen by this date, which means I got to do my prep work before that date because come hell or high water on that date, it's happening. So if you give yourself a date whereby it has to be done or you have to have started or whatever it is that you want to do, you're going to be more apt to make it happen. And then you need to make sure you've cleared your schedule and you've told your spouse or whoever it is that, that you know, is all over you all the time. I'm going to be out incommunicado for X hours. Okay. And then you just, and then you go do that. Like, so when, like I used to, when I lived out there, Heather, I would go to the mountains mm, okay. and because there's no cell reception, yeah, I could take my phone and it doesn't even matter. Right. That's true. <laughs> and I would just, I would ride my motorcycle up into the mountains in the Canyon and I would park somewhere. There was nobody. And mm -hmm. that's what I would do. And nobody bothered me because they couldn't get a hold of me. So for someone that hasn't listed, listened to Sean McCloskey and is just hearing this for the first time, can you give us the like 30 second, one minute version of what a life vision is? Absolutely. So <clears throat> most people go through their entire lives and they set goals and they reach goals. And then when they reach their goal, they're like, what's next? Mm. The vision for your life is, is the what's next for all of your goals. And in addition to that, your personal vision should come first, not second. The other thing is that we almost all of us prioritize business and work over our personal lives and our family lives and our spiritual lives and our health. All of that's combined into your personal vision. And then you should wrap your work and your business around your personal vision, right? Yeah. And your personal vision is what you, that's how you want life to be. And so most of us are closer than we think. We just have never actually spent the time. Most of us spend more time planning our vacations actually yeah. than we do planning our, our, our lives, which is crazy to me. Yeah. It makes sense though. I think you just kind of, if it's not part of your conversation of what you want, then how would you ever arrive? And it's, I, I think um, doing it with your spouse is really interesting. Uh, we've talked about this before, but you, you know what you want out of life. Maybe it takes a minute to like get to the heart of it, but, but your spouse, right? Like, is it the same? Is it different? Is it drastically different than what you want? You know, it's interesting. Yeah. And then how can you live both of those mm -hmm. while you're to get, can, you know, so Putting together your personal visions separately doesn't mean that you guys aren't compatible. It just means you've got some things that both of you need in your lives and you got to figure out a way to do that being married, right? And that's not, that's not impossible. That's actually kind of fun when yeah. you know, when you know both of those. And then you have to do the same thing in your business. And I have a bunch of coaching students and I do this with them all the time. And it's, it's hard work. 
figuring out your how to blend a personal vision with a business vision and how to even come up with a business vision. Because mm-hmm. most business owners have never even thought about that. It's just, I got to do this to make money, period, end of story. That's not really the, that's not really the case. Most people don't take the time to dream what their business should look like or what they want it to look like. Most of them have never even thought they could, yeah. let alone how to do it, right? Yeah. But it, all that's really, really important. I agree. Yeah. One of, one of these days I'll, I'll um, be able to have mine dialed in enough. I'm there. I'm close. I should say I'm close. <laughs> well, thank well that you. wasn't very lightning. It wasn't very lightning of a lightning round, Heather. But. Well, my questions were a little bit too deep, maybe for a lightning round. <laughs> That's all right. Keep sending the questions in, folks. We we really appreciate you. We we even more appreciate you when you leave us a uh, a some comments, a little bit of love on our on our site, right? Um, but leave us a review on on iTunes. That really helps us out, guys. It really helps us out. So we appreciate you guys. If you liked it, like the episode, share it. Don't keep us a secret. Until next time. That's right. Um, yeah. Thanks. Still stay still stay safe, I think, out there. Yeah. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.